when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What is good, Internet? It is Friday, <laughs> February 15th, 2019. <laughs> oh and you're listening good, to Waypoint Radio, episode 220? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, even uh, biting is bit. I like it. <laughs> we're coming to you from a jury-rigged recording setup across three locations. Uh, I am your host, Rob Zachney, and joining me today is Natalie Watson. Hi. <laughs> Patrick Klepek. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Well, that's an boy. What a vibe to start off on. So, I so like, passive aggressive. I feel you, like you we're, just had a little bee in your bonnet this whole week. I feel like we're we're like this is our character select screen, and these are like our little quips. And Patrick's is like, yeah, sure, okay, I'll do it. Oh, and I'm hit the A button, asshole. Kato, is that Sundara? Yes, absolutely. Yes, that is what Sundara is. Patrick is Sundara. Okay. All right. And that was our producer, Kato, on the boards. Uh, Please. So I've been out with the flu a lot this week, mostly admiring the site from afar, as I do. Uh, We published a lot of terrific articles, like Dia Lazzina's review of Far Cry New Dawn, uh, where she sees in the series' attempt to reinvent itself as kind of a sign of its deepening creative fatigue. Uh, Definitely, it feels like other people were more into the reinvention of Far Cry than, than Dia was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had Yusuf Cole's piece on the history of the appropriation of black culture in the U.S. and how Fortnite's wholesale copying of dances uh, made famous within the black community fits into that history. It was incredibly eye-opening to me uh, because it's a much more involved and layered story than you might expect if you tend to think, uh, as, as, as I tend to do, in terms of like Elvis copying his act or the Stones copying their act. Like it goes mm-hmm. way beyond that. And so it was a really uh, excellent and... Uh, insightful piece uh but patrick i wanted to start the show off this week uh talking about something you wrote this week covering the termination of 800 activision blizzard employees following a record year for revenues that nonetheless missed the company's projected revenue that it made to investors last year and i have to say patrick it felt pretty inflammatory uh activision's actions i agree i agree their actions were inflammatory i think i think your take was was inflammatory, Too Patrick. Hot. I just, I, I, I have to ask. Uh, do you think we should be so focused on layoffs and the harm they do to workers at the expense of understanding the hard choices executives have to make? Whatever, whatever uh, results in the greatest retweet in Waypoint's history. I think that's true, right? That's got to be true. Uh, at least as long as I've been here, yes. Yeah, it was like twenty thousand. Like, this price level feet. It's like better. Well, but fair. It's going, it's going up into the rafters. So, somewhere Danica is, there's a shutter going down her spine. She's like, no, I know the true. 
I'm opening no, but, Twitter and like, uh, I'll find out. Yeah, please. Can you answer in this all seriousness, question for us? In, in all seriousness, Patrick, mm-hmm. uh, while, while Kato researches uh, whether or not we've we've broken the foot barrier, uh, Patrick, can you like break down what the hell happened at Activision Blizzard this week and why is it like layoffs are routine in this industry? Why is this one? Why did this one elicit such a strong reaction from you? And why is it eliciting such a strong reaction from so many people uh, in and around the industry? Uh, well, like uh, some of the larger context for this is that uh, the the notion of layoffs at Activision Blizzard has been uh, rumored and reported on for you know, basically starting back with Jason Schreier's reporting um, in the latter half of 20, 2018. Um, saying like sound like there were going to be budget cuts at Blizzard um it sort of was starting to put lay the foundation for um there being sort of wholesale uh, major changes at Activision uh Blizzard then uh you know Bungie uh split from Activision or the Destiny franchise and given the way that big international companies uh like Activision Ubisoft operate they often have like huge support systems that are there to uh sort of undergird and support these like games as a service uh, titles. And so that's disappearing. Something's like, well, what are all those people going to do now that Activision is not going to be involved in that game whenever that full separation happens? And then on top of that was a Bloomberg report um, a couple of days ahead of these results being reported. They were like, yo, they're just going to lay off a shitload of people. Um, And Activision not saying anything during this process. There is, I guess, uh, it's called like a quiet period, I guess, is like the specific financial term in which um, a major infrastructure change like this actually can't be communicated until like it's communicated to shareholders or something like that. I, I'm not a business reporter. I, I can't profess to know. I know it's something around that. Basically, there's a reason why they weren't saying anything ahead of time. But this is all to say, like there were all sorts of employees that have been waiting to wonder, am I going to have a job? And then we have gotten used to mass layoffs. We have gotten used to uh, labor being exploited the moment a product ships and then budget cuts come in and blah, 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 blah. Like that has become routine in a way that is, that is frustrating, um, and demoralizing, but, um, is, is not exclusive to video games. And so we have sort of just internalized it. I mean, look what's happened at Vice and Buzzfeed and all sorts of other media companies. Like it is, is, it is widespread, um, um, right now. And I think what like really set it off, like, I think had there been 800 layoffs, there would have been people that were upset. Would it have become the thing that it became if not for this specific moment? I don't think so. I think this was like the tipping point was on the uh, the conference call in which um, Activision Blurred uh, CEO Bobby Kotick, um, he op- basically opened his remarks with, uh, uh, while our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history, we didn't realize our full potential. Um, this is a company that made $2.4 billion in revenue. Yes, I know that that's profits. Go fuck off. Um, they made a shitload of money, more than enough to keep the people, um, or at least not to do uh, the layoffs in this um, uh, in this way. And I think that uh, sort of cavalier attitude of we made more money than ever before, but also 800 people need to immediately uh, lose their jobs. Uh, that disconnect, I think, is what really sparked the fire here that led to uh, myself and others uh, raising a lot of indignation over how... It is, we know that this is how it works, but it is so rare to see the split happen so black and white mm-hmm. and so upfront and so nakedly clear. And so I think that's really, at least that's my estimation is absent that quote, people are upset, but they're upset in the way they're routinely upset. That doesn't, this felt like a moment in a way that we'll look back 
and it could have been a moment along the way to a larger shift and change. Yeah, and I think the fact that the moment the layoffs happen, they achieve their desired effect and they goose the stock price. Like yes. that was the other part of it is when a company misses projected earnings, uh, their stock price takes a tumble. Activision's had uh, taken a bit of a hit. And like the prime directive for uh, corporate executives is to deliver value to shareholders. Mm-hmm. And so the way you do that is by showing that you're going to put their interests first. And that means finding a way to like, there's, there's two things that happen. Uh, one, we're going to boost profit in the company by laying off a lot of people that we can get away with laying off right now. And second, uh, because we've shown our commitment to profitability, uh, expanding uh, profits, share price is going to go up and the investors are going to get theirs. And I think that was uh, like, it's rare you see the cause and effect that tightly bound Right. Uh, and I think that's it usually happens made it. just it doesn't have to, it can happen just a little bit separated and then you lose the thread. But like because this all happened, you know, within hours of one another, mm-hmm. um, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like like because it was that so tightly wound that you it was impossible to not connect the dots and see exactly what was happening in real time. I have a question. Please. Yeah. Why is shareholding is share shareholding is bullshit, right? Like, as a concept, <laughs> like, mm, so, uh, hmm, like, yeah, when I think about it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and I don't know shit about business, but <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> Why? To, 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 before you do that, like, so, so are so many other people, right? Like, this is how stuff companies get away with this stuff yeah. is our broad lack of understanding of how economics works beyond just have a job, not have a job, have money, not have money. Yeah. So continue. But don't, you don't have to, don't apologize because you are speaking for like most reporters and people who write about games and also like the broad public at large. Shareholders, they own a piece of the pie of the company, right? Mm-hmm. And then they make money off of it. So it's like putting, it's like investing in something. Okay. Cause like, I think of like, I like to, to, to compare it to like property ownership, like owning properties and you know, you rent it out or something. You're like, you're a landlord and you're renting it out and you're just like, it's kind of just like a little cash pool and you, it's may not be like you could liquidate it and you could just get the money from it or you could keep it in this thing this like property or whatever. So shareholders are like, it's like, yeah, you own a P you own theor- a theoretical piece of the company. The difference right. is with a, no, real with a share, you're not like building equity over the, right. With a ha- you know, piece of property. Like I own a, I paid a, a piece of the percentage of my house sale. I did not pay the full price. You know, yeah. you build that over time, yeah, yeah. but it's this, it, assume I paid for the house in full. Yeah. It's the same sort of concept. You are buying a piece of a neighborhood or a, you know, neighborhood a neighborhood in a in a company yeah and then they are trying to deliver uh you know on uh, uh, uh better profits on that company over time so right. that if you choose to sell your share you will make more than what you paid for that share in the first place so why mm-hmm. why is this a thing why can people great. buy parts of companies uh, okay 
So uh, one thing is we call them investors. Right. Uh, as if like they're okay, giving investors money to I the get. company. Investors no, I get. But- it's like people at the beginning who the company was being started. You need funding. Yes. You invest some money. Then you own a little piece of the pie because that's the thing. That's how it works. And then because you put your money because you put your money in to build it, to build it and right, then right. and then you are theoretically want to see a return or whatever. You want to make that money back in some way um, or more if the company is especially profitable. But like, hmm, hmm, why? why can why can shareholders like dictate and this is like more of an existential question than like a a real (laughs) one it's just like Mm -hmm. why can shareholders dictate an entire company like why can a shareholder dictate the the validity of my job so as let's talk about the entire structure of this thing okay um okay so we'll talk about video games later we're gonna talk about them economics edition (laughs) okay so there's a couple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, there's a lot of people who seem to, who who actually do seem to labor under the belief that people buying shares in the company, the investors in the company, are actually injecting money into the company via that activity. That's not really true. Uh, after the initial public offering, the company isn't like getting fresh money from investors from those shares moving around. Okay. So that's not what is happening. The shares are just an ownership stake from a long ago capital raise. Uh, so IPOs are incredibly important for companies mm-hmm. uh, because that is kind of your shot to have a massive injection of capital uh, in exchange for an, an ownership stake in the company. However, once you become a public company, uh, those shareholders do exert a great deal of control over the company. And one of the ways they do that is via having a board of directors who represent the interests of those investors. Mm-hmm. And every public company has a board of directors. Uh, and there's often a symbiotic relationship between C-suite executives, uh, your CEOs, uh, CFOs, uh, COOs, mm-hmm. and the, bo- the boards of directors. Mm-hmm. And so there's kind of a... like. It's all very, it, it tends to be portrayed as this, well, this is just what the market will bear. Yeah. But there's also an element of you scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. Like by definition, if you're on a board of directors, you own a shit ton of shares yeah. in a company. Yeah. Like the value of those shares affects the value of your portfolio and the dividends earnings you may earn from those shares Yeah. Uh, a great deal. Yeah. So you're going to want the executives that you appoint uh, to ensure that you are getting that. your fair cut. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that has come along, I, I don't know exactly when, but public companies didn't always operate strictly with an eye towards share price. Mm-hmm. Um, what became a driving ethos in corporate management was something called like shareholder value mm-hmm. uh, theory. This idea that uh, the duty of a chief executive, the duty of a corporation is to, again, uh, the phrase, deliver value to shareholders, maximize shareholder value. Uh, On its face, you can already tell, like, that's that's going to be intention with what is the long-term health of a company. Yeah. Um, And I think that tends to explain a lot of what we see with public companies uh, in, like, the last 50 years where... A lot of things are, a lot of decisions are made, a lot of things are engineered to ensure that the people who hold the paper on the company 
are first in line for the profits. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're first in line for dividends. And in order to make sure that they are always first in line, workers have to come last. You and can actually see this play- playing out uh, right now with Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. And so Patreon has like a totally, for, for all Patreon's faults, like has a totally reasonable business model in which they are making money. And like if they could just operate where they're at, they could just be keep doing a thing in which they provided a platform mm-hmm. for people to make a living outside of traditional structures. Right. But they've made public comments recently suggesting they're going to have to implement changes, new features, as they call it, to like, you know, doing like, we'll handle your merchandising and take a cut off the top. Like things that slowly start to erode at the basic concept that they arrived at that right. have has provided a, uh, a good service for people. Because it's not good enough that Patreon is just profitable and can continue operating and just do what it does and provide a service. Right. It always has to pay dividends to the people who invested in the first place. Now, Patreon isn't a public company, but like this is how this starts in, right. in, in the trajectory towards when you arrive at a company like the Activision Blizzard, you know, multi-billion dollar company, um, is that suddenly you're not servicing the service or the people you built it for in the first place. It's the priority shifts to the money people, Mm -hmm. and that's how the slow erosion of Mm -hmm. your core beliefs, uh, uh, ethics, morals, like, begin to decay no matter what public face you put forward. Right. I'm just trying to find another way to look at this that is not the rich getting richer. Like, I just, I feel like what it comes down to when you are, like, when your business is when your when your business, which is making games or whatever the fuck it is, uh, you know, providing platform to to people outside of traditional like uh, work structures or whatever, Patreon, Blizzard, whatever. If your if your goal is to bring value to shareholders, like how how do I look at this not as just getting the rich richer, like? I don't. Well, you can't. Yeah. Okay. I don't think there is. So. <laughs> right. Like that's what I'm trying that's, to figure uh, out. Like when it, when you like well, when you bring it down to basics, like that's what's going on, and then that's like where I just fundamentally like whatever you fucking say about like oh well this is like the 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 business model of this company blah 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 like according to this business model like these things must be done like layoffs must be done or whatever like at the core of it. That is what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like they don't, ha- there is no um, in the Activision uh, Blizzard bylaws that says like, ah, we missed our projections and didn't make three billion dollars. Like time to lay off eight hundred employees. Like that's a calculated decision. It's, yeah, it's meant to affect a balance sheet right. to uh, t- to make the rich richer or at least maintain a status quo. Right. Um. There is th- there is every there is nothing legally preventing them from just saying. We are just gonna we are gonna try and find new jobs for these people. We're gonna do a long term, you know, like uh, announcing yeah. some other more reasonable, um, uh, more conscionable way of handling like missing uh, a revenue. It's they didn't lose money. They didn't make as much as they projected. Like that's like a very clear. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not like they took a loss. Like um, even, like you know, people often and I, you know you don't want it to like overly lionize. Um, for profit, you know, figures in for-profit companies, but people have like famously pointed towards like 
during Nintendo's like very lean years with mm-hmm. the Wii U, like Satoru Iwata, um, like took a pay cut and publicly said part of him symbolically taking a pay cut was <clears throat> to avoid mass layoffs at Nintendo while they tried to figure out a strategy for the future, mm-hmm. which eventually became the Switch. Um, and so it's like, you know, I, again, don't want to like overly lionize that kind of move, but like there are different ways for companies to handle like when they run into different, and that they were operating at a loss. Nintendo was lo- losing money like hand and foot yeah. uh, mm-hmm. during that period. Um, and so this is just an instance where a company revealed nakedly its whole ass with yeah. its priorities. Yeah. And uh, it's just not usually this clear. Yeah. Usually the layoffs are six months from now, right? Like you, 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 you say the revenue projection is a, a miss and then the layoffs happen later. And because we're able to like do the transfer of time and distance, you know they're connected, but it's just not so fucking stark. And you don't mm-hmm. usually get someone bragging at the top of a, a call saying, like, we did it again, boys. Like, uh, yeah. I think that's what really stuck in people's craw was yeah. just the, the naked ambition of it. Yeah. I think the counterargument people would make is that Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Kotick has been at Activision for, like, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in that time the company has grown tremendously. It has become a far more successful and stable venture. And the argument then is that he has a proven track record of success. And therefore the value that workers, the, like the, the symbiosis of this is that these profit driven, uh, com- these, these companies driven by shareholder value will also be making good decisions that are ultimately healthy for the long-term trajectory of the company. Uh, that's increasingly debatable. Uh, because you're going to end up like what Bobby, what Bobby Kotick is increasingly, what he has increasingly done at Activision is create a series of monocultures, right? Like as long as their core pillar franchises are healthy and they, they appear to not really show any signs of slowing down. So it seems to be working, but, uh, they make fewer and fewer, fewer and fewer bets, right. Mm-hmm. On annual franchises. That was his great insight. Um, and that has, certainly made the company a great deal richer. Hasn't made workers richer. Um, that becomes a lot more debatable. And the other part of this is, is somebody like Bobby Kotick, or maybe even more specifically, somebody like uh, Dennis Durkin, who's the new CFO uh, that just changed jobs within Activision and got a $15 million uh, bonus to become CFO. Uh, is somebody like that really worth that money? Right? Do they really provide that kind of value to the company uh, that that money should be going to them and not the workers they employ. And I think that becomes a lot more murky because a lot of people don't know what it is that a CEO necessarily does. And they tend to think, well, these have to be the best and brightest. They, they have to be the shining stars of the meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just people <laughs> though. Like Bobby Kotick's like great insight has been, People buy Call of Duty a lot. We should make more of those. Like that, in a word, that kind of has been his strategy. Could you have found somebody to make that call for less than $2.2 million a year uh, in South? Probably. Mm-hmm. I could have made that call. Back to these investors. Hello. Yep. Uh, if you if you want to find somebody, if you want to shave some operating costs, I'm just I'm give available. us a podcasting studio and like, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. good. Like, we'll, we'll settle. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, so so that's the thing, right? Is like to a degree, it's people in this executive and investor class looking out for each other's interests mm. and 
I think it becomes harder and harder to argue that they provide benefit to their companies and certainly to their society uh, from operating this way. Mm -hmm. Thanks for breaking that down for me, y'all. That was very helpful. I do think it is interesting that the uh, – um, did you guys see the, the 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 guest editorial that went up at Kotaku? Yeah. yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to read it yet. Um, yeah, I haven't had a chance to read the the, the, uh, the entire piece yet, but uh, it's written by uh, Liz Schuler, who is the – Treasurer, I believe, of the Yeah, AFL? presumably fairly high up at the AFL-CIO yeah. and uh, – you know, uh, you know, one of America's, if not America's, like, you know, largest labor organizations. And, like, basically they wrote an open letter <laughs> essentially pitching, like, yo, motherfuckers should unionize. Yeah. Um, and, like, I, I think, you know, I, I these feel like, these feel like moments. Like, these, these like, I, it's impossible to tell what a tipping point is because that is only in hindsight and retrospect that you can say, like, aha, like, that was, yeah. that was important. Um, yeah. But even just... The way we now are responding to things, like the slow radicalization, and like like just the way we talk about labor, has just shifted from. If you think about five, ten years ago, it was oh, crunch is bad. Here are stories about crunch. That sucks. Um, and now it's like, well, we talk. It's like even the terminology, like using the term labor, using the term using unionize, like advocating for those things, mm-hmm. and then getting letters like this. You know, I'm not. Not going to suggest it's going to anything's going to happen tomorrow, but these feel like important markers along the way. Um, I mean, it's easy to look at like uh, a digital media and be like, you know, a lot of organizations, vice included, are unionized, but like that's happened very quickly, but it happened very slowly and then very quickly. It's like Gawker established a model and then a lot of other places slowly came on board. And so the question I was posing online to somebody was like, okay. Like, who's the gawker of video, video games? games? Like, who is going to be the right. studio? They can't be a small studio. Like, you know, ultimate respect to small studios that they chose to, to unionize. Um, but, like, it requires a player in the space yeah. that gets everyone to kind of go, like, uh-huh. Um, so I'm just curious where – I feel like that is now inevitable, that someone is going to try this in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, an exchange I was having online was, like, someone suggested that – like maybe Ubisoft is mm. like an interesting candidate by having a bunch of different siloed studios. Maybe at one point, one of them decides to stick their hands up, especially given that uh, Ubisoft has uh, UB Massive, who's located in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. Right? Yep. In which they, um, you know, institutionally, you know, there are rights given to them enshrined into law that are along the lines of what. A union we would like would to provide. see in the broader industry, yeah. but it's definitely not reflected at all of Ubisoft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you would think like that might stick in your. And I, you know, I've heard Ubisoft is generally like a, a pretty decent place to work, all things considered. But I don't know. I don't. Know, maybe it won't be Ubisoft, but I'm I'm curious where that hand is going to go up mm-hmm. because I think there's every reason to think that it might function the same way, where somebody puts their hands up, someone gives it a shot, and then it all it's like it, nothing was happening. And then you look back in 10 years and being like, oh, right, like that happened incredibly quickly. Yeah. yeah. There's there's something else here, too, in that I think for a long time, the entire rhetoric around issues like this was kind of, we were sort of trained rhetorically to see the world through the eyes of management. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in like, certainly when I was in high school, right? Like it was, maybe it still is, but like you, a, a shitty thing people would say is like, hey, someday you're going to be serving fries at McDonald's, right? If, if you don't, you know, if you don't toe the like line. shape up. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And it was kind of this disdain for people who have to work, right? Or people who have to do the kind of work that we do not find uh, desirable or respectable. And the presumption of anyone saying something like that uh, is that that's never going to be me. I'm always going to be a member of the managerial class. There's going to be a spot waiting for me Mm -hmm. uh, on the top of the pyramid. There's going to be a a spot for me uh, on the lifeboats. And I think, you know, for my parents' generation, maybe just about everyone that we knew seemed to have some kind of pension or retirement plan or at least a 401k. uh, And they tended to have careers where you had interest in these things building up. And so you were arguably going to see at some point the benefits of a stock portfolio. You're going to see at some point the benefits of this, like, like of these financial instruments. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly don't feel that way. Like, you know, in, you know, any faith in your 401k, even if you have one, right? Like feels like that'll just wash away. Yeah. It's, you know, in the next recession. It's wild. Um, My mother-in-law retired recently and she's a, elementary school teacher and i was like expecting like that she would like she was like trying to figure out all the money stuff and like we ended up learning that she had a pension that she didn't even have to pay into and like teachers don't get paid enough obviously so like it's they Mm -hmm. they should be given whatever they want but like it's wild to think that 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 used to be a thing and like nowadays teachers are striking to get you know proper pay and pensions back and things like that like it's like it used yeah it used to be much better for well, we still, it's it's like you know when we talk about should the game industry unionize like that's already a compromise yeah right like i don't consider unionization to be okay. like some great victory i mean it is but like that's just a compromise because everyone's already been fucked for right. so long along the way it's just Union, the next unionization step. is just like putting a line in the sand and saying no further it's not like then you have to push back the miles <laughs> that have already been like yeah the, the, the you know the that everyone's already been pushed so mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad, but I, I I do hope this has been I I think it has been eye opening for yeah for a lot of of people and uh, yeah I'm all in for uh, being snarky as fuck about this shit on Twitter absolutely like, <laughs> and I think that's yeah. like the way that 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 tweet and piece blew up is absolutely a sign of the way that pe- people's minds are changing and like the way that people are thinking about fucking the late stage capitalism we're like driving into right now like you can you can tell that people people's minds are changing when when the replies to this are like i usually don't fuck with waypoint but uh (laughs) yeah i hate vice but but. activision this is good yeah (laughs) great headline what captures an emotion right like i think i i i uh dislike the notion that something like that that clearly resonates and gains attention is inherently worthless because you cannot draw a line necessarily directly to outcome or change. Because I think channeling people's emotions, giving them an outlet for their righteous anger and uh, being able to both feel that articulated and to represent it in some way uh, is useful. Um, Like the fact that it's popular is a reflection of a cultural change. Mm -hmm. So even though like a, uh, a snarky punch him in the mouth tweet is, you know, it's not the grandest form of activism. It doesn't directly lead to like labor change. It's it the the reflection of the, the response to that is, you know, putting your toe in the water and realizing, holy shit, like things are different. Um, and and giving people a voice along the way, like it, it is useful. 
I just don't like this the, the idea that like expressing that feeling for people is inherently worthless because I, I just don't think that's true. No, and I think there's always something that's about like controlling people's anger uh, in that sort of framing, right? That you're not allowed to express an emotional reaction until you can propose a constructive solution that's informed about the issue from all sides. Like before you can get to solutions at a certain point, like anger and awareness are resources in themselves. And sometimes yeah. that means looking around at other people and being like, we can all agree this is fucked up, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, po policy papers has gotten the Democratic Party how far? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on that note, uh, we're going to take a little break. Uh, be sure to write in with uh, corrections and uh, well actuallys uh, to gaming at vice dot com, uh, and we will definitely uh, we will definitely dig into those. Actually, I, like genuinely. Uh, if you have thoughts about the financialization, yeah, if you have real well, actually, uh, we yeah. would actually we would <laughs> yeah. actually be interested in hearing them. And that's uh, that's yeah. gaming at at symbol. So that's like gaming at symbol mm -hmm. vice dot com, not gaming advice, as in the things that you tell people to help them. Not that gaming <laughs> at symbol vice dot com. <laughs> I've heard that's a problem. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Gamingadvice.com. Uh, let us know. Give us some. All right. Uh, back in a minute. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, y'all. Hey. hey. Sometimes hey. companies can be good. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Let's talk about the Nint Nintendo Direct. Let's talk and about let's it. Let's bask in the benefits of unfettered capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> God, take my money. Take my money. <laughs> Patrick. Something? Actually, there's fetters, so we should be clear. It's not like <laughs> they operate in a different corporate governance environment, to be clear, and different value system. Anyway. Anyway, Patrick. Yeah. Has something awakened inside you from the Nintendo oh, Direct? Oh, I want to hear this. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> is my stomach that loud? <laughs> you hungry? I Do you lunch. have lunch yet? Yeah, um, I didn't have an egg, though. <laughs> Super Mario Maker 2 is coming. How Hell do you, yeah, Super how Mario do you Maker feel? 2 is coming. I don't feel great about it. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, long... Dreaded that this day would come. Uh, I, I knew it would, um, but no. I mean, so I'm gonna have to play that motherfucker's levels again. Fuck that guy. Like, I know. I know there were lots of children across the world that enjoyed watching me play Mario Maker, but that is a. That's not worth playing Dan Riker's levels again. So. <laughs> <laughs> to take it back, Nintendo. <laughs> Actually, it was. I have. Um, oh, I'll have to scan some of them. I don't think I have any in front of me right now. But like when when I was doing uh, my Mario Maker morning streams, um, I uh, 
after a little while, I started getting enough notes that parents were watching it with their kids. Because the way my streams would operate was that I wouldn't play random levels usually. I would usually play levels that people had made. And mm -hmm. so I'd feature those on stream and I'd play them and blah, 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 blah. Um, and I eventually was getting so many submissions that I was like, I don't know how to properly vet which ones to play. And I'm never going to get around to all of them. So I made an additional layer of requirement, which was like, hey, you need to write a letter physically in the mail with your code oh, wow. and send that to me. And if if you care that much for me to play your level, then then I if you send the letter, I I, I will play the level. It was a requirement that I would. Uh -huh. um, and then as a result of doing that, uh, I think I also said that you had to put a drawing, some sort of drawing. Even if you're not, even if you can't draw, just like, come on, just give me, give me something. And uh, so then I started getting these drawings from kids oh. of like, them uh, like either like watching me play Mario Maker and stuff, and it they slowly dawned upon me that like there were, you know, a, a not uh, uh, a significant number at least enough that like I publicly announced like I'm not gonna swear on this stream. I didn't swear a lot to begin with, but I was just like, hey, you don't have to like scrub through these videos anymore. Like I just won't swear because I started getting all these cute photos and videos of like then these child reaction videos to me oh. playing their, their level. And it was like so the most, I have something on Facebook I'll have to, that just came up from like a year ago, this happened. And they're, un, they're unbelievably cute. So now I'm reminding myself that like, there is good in this world. And maybe <laughs> that is, that is worth it. Um, I need to sit and actually watch Reichert. that, uh, the video again. Um, I, I didn't, I was having too much of like, uh, a not even existential, just an internal crisis, uh, realizing uh, what the ramifications of Mario Maker 2 uh, were. But they added slopes, which is the easy thing, and they've got some Super Mario 3D Land stuff. Um, my guess is there was a lot they aren't showing about that game, um, like yet. different themes and different features. So uh, I, I'm super curious to see more of what they'll actually do. And more importantly, I'm curious how they're going to handle the online infrastructure because it's only did a lot of reporting on Mario Maker when I was at Kotaku, um, it famously uh, sort of exposed just how little Nintendo understands about maintaining communities. Mm -hmm. um, like one of the big things with Mario Maker, uh, there was a constant issue was that uh, there were a lot of Kaizo levels, you know, these like these really, you know, uh, uh, wild levels that were result on players running a fine line between asking players to exploit glitches or just things that are kind of like on the extreme end of what the, the gameplay is capable of. Um, and Nintendo, often when they issue patches, from my understanding, each team can determine whether they're going to explain what the patch does or if it'll just say, general improvements to make your life happier, um, which is what the Smash Brothers team does, frustratingly. Yeah. And it's what the Mario Maker <clears throat> team did, frustratingly. And so... You'd have, ish you'd have times where people built levels where, like, the mechanic they built the level around didn't work anymore. Mm. And so their level literally became unplayable because of a, 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 a change that was not communicated by Nintendo. So people had to work backwards to figure stuff like that out. And so uh, hopefully stuff like that will get uh, better. But um, I'm, I'm, I am reluctantly happy to have Mario Maker <laughs> back in my life. And I, I will not commit to uh, daily Mario Maker streams again because that's... Yeah, that is probably too much, but I will certainly be playing and streaming Mario Maker when uh, it comes out again in June. Hell yeah. Do you think, I know they probably haven't set out right yet, or um, if they have, do you know anything about uh, how the online will work now that they're using a paid online service? 
like this. No, feels, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't have to pay to upload it. Right. But that if you wanted to download levels, maybe they would require you to pay. Right. It, it feels like it's service. such a low lift that I could see them even going Just as like far as making it entirely. Yeah, yeah, I don't know because yeah, it's not. But then there's, there's traditionally been a barrier for just playing multiplayer. Right. At least as far as we know, there is no multiplayer in Mario Maker. It's a, you know, yeah. uh, asymmetric system. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I haven't played it for Nintendo online because it's mostly like, do you want to download some ROMs? It's like, not not really. Um, Look, you don't want to play, play Tetris 99? I kind of do, but not I, enough to pay for great. an online service. <laughs> uh have you played? You played it, right, Kato? Yeah. Tetris 99 Battle yes. Royale. Okay, so we should just go ahead and jump to this. Uh, yeah, yeah, just jump to whatever you want. We don't have to go through everything. Nintendo just this you think is cool. Tetris Battle Royale game. Um, Do you want to explain how it works? So, yeah, it's wild. Like, you load into a screen and you see, like, 99 other Tetris things, like, Tetris um, levels, like, all the, around. And like, yours is in people. the center. Yeah, and then in the everyone else's are. And they're all happening in real time while uh, you're Or as playing? real time as, it, like, it, you can tell sometimes that it's not one-to-one. Like, sometimes you'll see, like, a, a bunch of blocks, like, appear in a way that's, like, oh, there's some latency there. But essentially... But it's not static. Like, it's, it's, yes, mo- yes. it's moving. There, there's yeah, moving. Okay. You can see as people's, like, screens get filled up by blocks and stuff in real time. And so the way it works is that you have a reticle um, that you can aim at any one of those other 99 boards. And every time you clear... Uh, a certain amount of lines, you send junk to their board, right? The way that okay. uh, uh, competitive Tetris has worked in the past. Like, you can, you know, fill their uh, board up with gray blocks. If you get attacked in this way and you clear lines, you can uh, lessen or to- totally neutralize that attack by clearing the same amount or more of, li- of those lines. Mm. And they have these four different um, kind of, uh, I guess, groupings that you can choose to like, so you can either manually choose just like a random board. There's one that says, uh, there's a, th- there's this group though that's like random. So like every time you kill some, you quote unquote kill someone or like someone dies, uh, loses, uh, your reticle will go to a random person. There's one that's called all attackers, which means anyone who is targeting you, you are targeting them in reverse. Mm. And then there's one that says, um, badges i believe which i think are like if you're someone's doing particularly well you get these little like achievements uh that sit in the lower right and uh then you can decide like okay i'm gonna go after like the top of the board and see if i can take them out um Blue shell. yeah for, yeah and so it's bizarre because it's like you can you can get into these uh, like there were moments where I was like targeting five other people because they all decided to because I accidentally if you hit um all attackers and they're also on all attackers you start there's like this like chain effect that will happen as more people add to that chain of all attackers and there was a moment where I had like 20 people all sending me junk and then like I was dead in like a <laughs> fucking second right what happens uh, if you die are you done yeah, you're out. You're out. That's oh, it. wow. And like, you can sit there and watch the other little mini boards like, continue to fight it out. Um, wow. At 50 and then at 10, the speed increases. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. a- after 10, like, it's so fast. Like, I, I'm not amazing at Tetris, but I could usually, you know, hold my own in like the regular game. And like, it was getting to like those, almost to those, like, uh, if, if anyone caught the uh, Tetris classic 
championships recently there's videos floating around of how fast like you don't even see the pieces you see them appear at the bottom once they've already hit you know mm-hmm. um you're just guessing blindly, yep. just like hoping it's yep. going to slide. You're holding a direction, being like, "It's going to go over there." <laughs> just um, dump them in the left sides, the spot, the the place I got yeah, space yep. for. Um, and it's uh, it's I I stayed up until three a.m. because I was like, "Oh well, hell yeah!" My first game was like, "Oh, I got top four. That's great. Uh, let's go again." No, that's terrible because that convinces you you're <laughs> yep, good, and exactly. then you're going to play for three that's more like, hours. God, I could not. If you got if you'd gotten fifty seven, you'd be like. All right, whatever. I'll do this tomorrow. No, I was in the top four, and I was like, just another one. I'll get, I'll get back up there again. (laughs) I fucking. By the end, I was like, I was hovering in the twenties, and like I could never break ten again. But like, I want to go back and keep playing this game, which is wild because it's. I mean, like, it's a shitty looking version of Tetris. Like the aesthetics of this game are. I saw someone online, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cribbing your tweet, but, like, it looks like a Dreamcast, like, <laughs> game. Like, there's a lot of Dreamcast games yes. that look like this. Yes. That's and it. this looks like a Dreamcast Tetris game. Um, um, it's, like, a very specific Japanese style of game from, like, yeah. the late 90s, early 2000s. And the, that's another, it's, like, so bare bones. The menu is, like, two things. It's, like, play the play the thing and options. And I there's, like, a volume slider in options. That's, like, it. <laughs> like, it's oh so, there's so few. Like, no, there's a stats. There's a stat stage where you can see how many kills you've got. <laughs> so it's like a lo-fi backlash to Tetris Effect. Yeah, yeah, it's like the, the like aesthetically nah, the nah, opposite wasn't, side. Wasn't, of... wasn't intense enough. <laughs> um, and just like no, this it's wild. Just like this weird like the the lines flying all like I don't know what it is about the way that it's surprising that this worked but it does work and it's fun in a way like kind of similar in the into the way that certain battle royales like you know it's about the fact that you can beat out a hundred other people and sometimes that's funny there's a way to hide in the bathroom in this game which is to only ever like to never go to uh like all attackers right never join those chains of like people so this is like the the equivalent of hiding in a house as the circle closes is like is like no you're you're doing single attacks you're going for like people who seem like either easy targets or like aren't aren't don't seem to have a lot of attention on them and like trying to keep to the the fringes of like the the huge battles and chains that people will get into each other just by choosing the all attacker all attackers options amazing yeah like i it's (laughs) It's wild I, that they made this, and it like it it works. <laughs> I I think it's really. I uh, I'm hoping one of the ripple effects of battle royale is to not just make a riff on battle royale, but to take the larger concept of mm-hmm. interacting with a large group of players, mm-hmm. like social survival. Yeah, is like a really just neat idea, um, especially for folks that. And I think something like uh, Tetris ninety nine. Like also for you know folks that don't want to necessarily get into like either don't like shooters or right. don't like talking to people. Um, like there are ways to to apply the the broader concept. Yeah, and I think Touch ninety nine is maybe is hopefully an indication of like well, what are other ways we can take what is viscerally appealing yeah. about battle royale, which is trying to survive a single match against a huge group of people, and applying that to different ways because Touch ninety nine. It, yes, you're interacting with other people, but it's different. Like the, you're not going for the headshot. Like right. I, I like the idea of like different genres playing with this concept yeah, in totally. ways that are uh, both 
are confrontational but are less confrontational than like actually getting in a in a shooting match. I'm I hope this is the beginning of like maybe the more surprising thing about Battle Royale's influence will not be you know a game like you know Apex, but is actually like oh it's going to spin off in all these weird directions when like developers realize well I can't compete in PUBG and Fortnite. Yeah. But you know there's something here and how does it apply to something that's completely surprising? Right. That's it. I think Kyle, didn't you mention fucking Nintendo should do Splatoon Battle Royale? Because <laughs> that think was that's a great uh, that idea. was my tweet. My tweet was, uh, you know, uh, small brain. Where are we dropping, boys? Because everyone made that <laughs> joke the second. Like, uh-huh. where are we hard dropping? Uh, big brain. Uh, this is just a ploy to get more people to sign up to their online service. Galaxy brain. This is testing <laughs> infra- infrastructure for the inevitable Splatoon Battle Royale. <laughs> if they spun that off as like their own. Like its own it would, app, it would, like I think it would be huge. It would be huge. It would be huge. And like I fully think this is partially that <laughs> because the menus are so bare bone. Because it's so like, like did Nintendo make this? Yes, that's the thing. It's just the oh. licensing. Like on the like splash screen, it's just the licensing for Tetris. This is an in-house made Nintendo first-party product. And so, I mean, that's interesting because, like, this, like, you know, in the same way that Splatoon is Nintendo's weird take on the shooter, like, Tetris 99 is like Nintendo's weird take on Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If they're not making that Splatoon game, the next time I talk to a Nintendo (laughs) friend, like, I don't know, just, 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 I don't bring it up. Do you throw it at a board or something? Just mention it to someone because, put it on there. Go make that thing. (laughs) What else was announced in the Nintendo Direct? Well, Look, it didn't get announced totally... direct, but Natalie, like, come on. Like, I'm surprised we've made it, like, 45 minutes into this without you. Complaining? Like, you had a meltdown privately on Discord. <laughs> Complaining about Animal Crossing? No. About how excited I am for Rune Factory 4? No. <laughs> Wait, what did I meltdown about? Just a little, like, a little insect, little uh, <gasps> oh child. Oh, my God, my bug friends Ooh. are coming back. <laughs> Hollow Knight. Um, yeah, this was not in the direct uh, Nintendo Direct, but it is coming to Switch. So. It is coming to Switch, it's Switch related. and PC. Hollow Knight Two, aka Hollow Knight Silk Song. It is a uh, uh, Hornet's story. Hornet's is it? We don't know where it takes place on the Hollow Knight timeline, as far as I'm aware so far. Um, no, I don't think. Yeah, I think they've been pretty vague yeah, on like where we it, don't even have. It also sounds like maybe they're figuring. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Patrick, it's, it's already be- clear they're not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> like they might be telling other people where this all takes place. They do not give a fuck what questions you might have. <laughs> well, that's that's just that's train just left re- the station. <laughs> the the re- the stag has left the stag station. Please, there you go. There you go. Well, this was supposed to be DLC, and then it turned into and then it turned into a like whole got new out of game. their hands and was like, "Oh no, we made a sequel." <laughs> exactly. Um, so so yeah, they don't even have a a release year yet. Um, there's no release date, let alone a year. So who knows when this could come? Um, I watched the trailer, and then I watched the dev, um, the the uh, two of the people from Team Cherry. I mean, Team Cherry is three people, so two out of three. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. just describe 66% of the company. Exactly. Um, two of the people doing like a little, not interview, but just like explaining, you know, where they're at with the game so far and, and going into a little bit more detail. And, you know, they talked about, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just going to talk about sort of the details that they mentioned. Yeah, and hit some me of up because I, I didn't watch this. Um, 
number one, this game is about ascent in 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 contrast to Hollow Knight's descent. Um, mm. They also mentioned that Hollow Knight was there's like some bouncing mechanics in the trailer, mm -hmm. right? Like it seems like there's gonna be a, a huge emphasis on like sort of like rhythm, momentum, like getting into the uh, air. They showed that, that sort are, of thing. or like um, the 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 needle and then pulling on the string to like dash across areas was in that yeah, trailer that too. Was that was super so good. good. Yeah, they they talked about how like this game's uh, the play style is much more focused on flow and like m m like continuous movement, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, um, yeah, it's about it's about Hornet like ascending this like this mountain castle or something like that. Um, I forget. There's like a there's a castle at the top. I think I'm not sure, but um, there are two factions or two forces in this game, not factions, forces, and they are Silk and Song. And who knows what oh. that could mean? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. But um, just like in the in Hollow Knight, there's you know light and dark. For this game, it's Silk and Song. Um, they also talked Classic about. Yeah. <laughs> They also talked about, um, um, you know, they that you saw briefly in the trailer, uh, like a quest log, and they talked about how the the quests in this game would be, um, you know, more sort of developed than the the sort of quests in Hollow Knight were. And I think that's smart. I I I, I as much as I like the abstractness of hollow knight i feel like there's a way they can split the difference totally like, i think i think there's a lot of things that people missed or like mm -hmm. too many people bounced off hollow knight in a way that they can still keep that feeling of like you're lost mm -hmm. in a in a big scary place mm -hmm. and also like find ways for people to like keep track keep track of just what what the hell is what they should be doing or what they could be doing if they get frustrated with because i often how you find yourself like well, I don't really know what to do, so I guess I'm just going to scan this part of the map again. Yeah. And there's probably ways that they can string you along a little bit better. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, this is this game or that Hollow Knight was such a learning experience and that so much of the lessons learned will go into turning Silk Song into something um, deeper and uh, just, like, more... I don't want to say more developed, but just, like, have m more there um to to kind of grab onto materially i think that um they, they also what was what was wild to me is that they mentioned that up until the trailer that they had been playing the game so they were like yeah, i wonder if it's further along i think it's than we but think. then they also said that this game is big they said this game mm. was huge so yeah. Um, I'm really curious as to like just what the scope is of Silk Song. I'm really curious. Um, you know, uh, they they mentioned uh, how like so many of the mechanics around this game are are revolved around Hornet as a character. Um, they talk about her being uh, crafty and she's like a huntress and you know like sort of like gathers things for herself and and how like there's a crafting system in this game like. Where where what are you crafting? Like, did is there any indication? Yeah, I saw there a little is. bit like in the trailer, but like, did you? Yeah, what, is it just like health items? No, or, it's like, like weapons and stuff, and like a bit. And oh, that's good. So okay. so where a weapon system would be great. Yeah. in Hollow Knight. So instead of um um like the badges that uh were in Hollow Knight in Silk Song, 
Um, you saw in the trailer like uh, Hornet like dropping bombs on. I don't, I don't know. Like there's like a moment where mm-hmm. she like throws bombs onto like a group of enemies. And so it's like things like that are like what you'll be crafting is like different ways, different like uh, 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 new weapon, abilities new abilities, accessory yeah, items, accessory items, like things that, like yeah. that. So um, there's like over, I think they said like 150 or something new enemies. All the bosses are new. Um, it's just like a entirely new game. And I'm so excited that this is, I'm like, I'm happy to wait. Like, I'm happy that this is not a DLC. I'm happy that this is like a whole new game. I think it's going to have a very different feel um, from, from the first one. And I'm just so excited that it feels like a next step. And it feels like sort of a natural progression from from where they from from Hollow Knight itself. So I'm super 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 pumped. Um, I love my yeah, bugs. And they were they've been making DLCs all along. Like they just released one, what six? You know, not that long. Yeah, ago. at the so end I guess of I'm the not, summer. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I guess I, I shouldn't be surprised that uh, whatever like process they have for like. Just making the like, just making the game. What Hollow Knight is, like, yeah. if they were to do something completely brand new, that process in some ways has to be blown up, and you find a new process for, or even just you know, development pipeline for how right. you build assets, and like, it doesn't shock me that they settled on well, let's do something a little more iterative before we blow it all up and come up because like I'm, so I remember when we had the game of the year conversation, I think we yeah. ended it with like, well, what would you want them to do mm-hmm. next? And I remember. My response being like, well, I'd love them to do something completely different, but also I just trust Team Cherry that if they wanted to do something that was basically iterative, yeah. I mean, who, who am I to question <laughs> their judgment at this point? Yeah, totally. So I do have to interject here. Mm-hmm. Mm. When we started the segment, Natalie set up a beautiful little segue. What was my segue? And it never never went anywhere. What was it? The Did this awaken anything in you? And then we got totally detoured into Patrick talking about, I don't know, gut bacteria or something, and then Dan Reichert. Yep. I mean, I get Look, it. People have been sick this week, all right? Yeah. You know? But there's a new Zelda game. Well, well, hmm. an old one. How, yeah, so one. how's the room feeling about this? Really excited. Yeah, super. Yeah. I, Has anyone played it? I've played Awakening, yes. Yes. You have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have not. It is. I mean, I played it, but I didn't finish I didn't it, finish so I don't it. have like yeah. strong feelings on it. It is my favorite two D Zelda ever. Period. Why? Because uh, I, I, that came out far more uh, suspicious <laughs> than I intended to, to be. Um, but it's a game boy. It's a it's a game boy yes. as opposed to like a you know traditional. So I think there's a lot of people that know that it is revered, right. and a lot of people definitely share that opinion. Like. A lot of the Game Boy ones, especially like the Capcom ones, people also deeply, deeply Oracle. That was of Oracle ages of Ages and seasons? seasons, yeah. I still um, like this one better. So yeah, what, what is what is so good about? Um, I mean, personally, it, it felt at that at least specifically at the time when I played it, like so. It was like Link, um, Link to the Past was out as well at the, around this time, and it was like similar. And they used uh, it was like the same team actually, but something about the mm. way that they had laid out. Um, the like world felt different, like, very different. And also there's this weird, like this is the thing that like kind of it gets known for a little bit is that there's chain chomps and Goombas in this game. Like there are characters that you don't see that you don't see. What? Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. Like in like the. Well, it's just a weird game, right? Yes. Like I know it's like a capital. It's like even weird. Like people thought Majora's Mask was weird. And like that's mm. my favorite Zelda game. 
I'm excited to have it replaced if this game is this is weirder. As strange. It's the uh, Kingdom Hearts of Zelda. Me, it's the <laughs> yeah. it's the Twin Peaks. It's yeah. I've always I've heard the Twin Peaks comparison yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. They Wait, talk that's about not a joke. Story. That's no. not a joke. No, no, they no, no. they specifically <laughs> reference Twin Peaks as an inspiration for like the yeah the, the way the that they want their characters to be weird. Capital W weird. Um, and, and yeah, like like something about the way that the diet like you you can talk to like townspeople and like they were all so like kind of like goofy and off kilter in a way that wasn't I, I don't know it was like. It felt so like, despite it having a very similar graphical like presentation to Link to the Past, but like on the Game Boy, it felt it felt kind of like the way I felt when I played Breath of the Wild for like 3D Zeldas to me back mm. in the day, right? Like when mm. I was playing mm-hmm. through Link in the Past, and um, I even playing like the original on any like a friend's NES, like this felt like like a, a different a co- like the same you you recognize certain things but it like broke apart that formula and like it had new items that you didn't expect a zelda game to have and it had well, a, it's not in hyrule right no like, right usually it's one of the few ones you know it's also part of the reason majora's mask is inherently interesting because it's it's just you don't know what to expect because it has destroyed a lot of the conventions for right you. um and it has uh, an amazing soundtrack because part of the, the the quest line is about is around gathering these instruments, and um, it just it it was very strange and weird and um, wonderful and I like. It's hard to explain without. What are some of the weird? What are some of the weird items? Like what, how strange does well, like, it get? Um, I mean, not super. Like just strange for the for the time right like there was like for the time yeah yeah there was like there's a there's a jumping thing that is like oh that like allows you to like hover for like a while that like you can jump on purpose in any zelda game for a while like right right? there was no jump button and like this one had the it was the the cape that would um and you 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 would at first you would get it and it was just like a single hop and like that's why there's goombas in this game because you can jump and you can hop on them like to kill them (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and they're there's either this is part of it from the get-go or there's an upgrade at a certain point if you hold the button down you can also glide like and like it broke up like the way that the dungeons had to be designed because you had this new movement capabilities right um and um it's also obviously weird that they include a bunch of like random mario enemies in here like there's a chain (laughs) shop in somebody's yard and then they just refer to it as their dog uh there's (laughs) yeah okay now i'm getting it yeah now i'm getting it okay um and like it's also but it also under all of this it tells us really like it still had it still had a really strong narrative thrust um and like here's the the thing this is a zelda game i don't want to spoil like there's yeah, I've heard it's like one of the only Zelda games that has. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like the story in Majora's Mask. Breath of the Wild had like a, you know, fine enough sure. you know, narrative threat. Like, so, so, but like, I I have heard this consistently from uh, Link's Awakening stands yeah. that like no, like if somehow you've made it this far without knowing what exactly what's going yep. on, you should try and stay Go that way blind. as much as you can. It's so good, and it's Kato. Mm. Sorry, I just I also saw people. Having mixed reactions to the visual style of this adaptation, that's something else I wanted to ask you about. One. Yeah, they're yeah. wrong. I love wrong. it. Yeah, I, lo- I think it's great. I think it looks good. It's got this weird, like, kind of tilt shift uh, situation going on where, like, you've, you've, like, 
uh, sorry, I don't know if you don't know what that means. It's like when you see photos that are blurry in certain areas, but only there's like a, a thin line of kind of like focus near the center. Um, if you've seen the opening of that awful uh, BBC Sherlock, sure. you've seen <laughs> yeah, the tilt shifted credits. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I like it. I think it's cute. I think it. I think it. It's different in that. I'd say the first series was good, but like after the second, God damn it. Season, Not, it really no, off fucking really get out of here, Stephen Moffat should have been it. kept away. No, I mean, I mean the the look of this Zelda game. I like oh. it, and I think that part of it is that it stands <laughs> apart from most of the. I think it's it's some some people have mentioned that it's similar to. Um, a link between worlds, I believe the mm-hmm. three yes one. I can I can see. Yeah, it's, it's, it definitely feels like it's building on that as opposed to right. specifically building. Like it's not a high. I know people really want like Nintendo to make like a high res two <laughs> D Zelda game, but they clearly aren't no. going to do no. that. And so I this this feels like it matches the whimsy. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Of Link's Awakening, and then also part of at least what little I understand about the story is like. That contrast between some of the seriousness of the story is part of like what makes the whole experience so trippy and weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I love how like soft everything looks and like clay like and like yeah. moldable and just it just looks so squishy. And I want to squeeze Link into a little Yeah, squeeze squeeze Link. Losing me again. Um, I will say that. Rob, I think Natalie cut out. I think. You know, we're just, you know, we'll just... Don't mm-hmm. silence me. <laughs> Don't silence me. Um, what I will say is when I saw Lonk's boot on the boat, I was like, that's Lonk right there. I knew it from the get-go when I saw that boot hit the... When I saw his feet, very good. I saw it, and I was like, that's Link for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this game. I'm super excited. Thank you for letting me It's been speak. so long since I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll go back Whenever into the want. corner no. now. No, you're kidding. <laughs> Just reading an economics textbook. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Uh. Um, I, Investing in stocks with an app. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be me. Could not be me. I want to say that um, I want to give a shout out to Rune Factory 4 for people who don't know what that is. It is so good. <laughs> what is it? So I <laughs> yeah. explained what that was. So <laughs> yeah. I saw... Um, yeah, uh, uh, this did, did seem like you were setting up to explain. I was going to explain was, it, but, but then I know. was like overwhelmed. Um, Rune Fa- I know people are very excited, thought the series was dead. So like the surprise announcement of a Rune Factory Four HD special. plus like an, a special Rune, like an actual Rune Factory Five. Yeah, but I don't. Why do? Why do? Why do like, people I, like? All I read was uh, Harvest Moon. Zelda, yes. maybe, was Anime. Like, sort Excuse of. Me? Okay. So uh-huh. basically, uh, the only Rune Factory game I've played is Rune Factory 4, um, but I've heard that this is the best in the franchise so far. It is. Was that a 3DS game? It was a 3DS game. It's most... I think uh, Janine Hawkins tweeted this, but like a lot of people compare Stardew Valley to like Harvest Moon and... Like as in Harvest Moon Animal Crossing hybrid almost, but it is so much more a Rune Factory four than anything else because hmm. you specifically you you have you know your house. It, okay, the premise is you're on. I've never actually completed the game, which is I'm a liar and a sham. But 
um, the premise. So I don't know the end, so I can't spoil it. So the premise is you start off on this like airship and uh, you are like n- like pushed off basically because these people think you're someone you're not. Um, or maybe you are. I don't know because I never finished the game. But <laughs> you get pushed off this airship and you land in this like town that has like a castle in the middle and you land there and there's a dragon who's like the god of the town. And the dragon is like, um, are you the princess or prince who's supposed to be here? And she's, and then you get to be the princess of this town. Basically, the real prince and princess is there, but he, but they're like, uh, they're, it's opposite whatever your player's gender is. And they're like, why don't you take up the reins? I'm going to pretend to be like a scholar or something in the back. And um, <laughs> basically, the game has you. Managing this town, you have your own little like farm in the back. In the back, just out in the back, you got your own farm. With a scholar, <laughs> just um, there's uh, you can get married. There's relationships. I never got married. I wish I got married. But there's relationships you can have. There's um, uh, south of the town. There's like a whole like adventure area where you can go fight monsters, collect resources. There's dungeons. Um, there's cooking, you can like, uh, craft things. And, and so it's in, and there's like a whole narrative storyline. So I think it's much more sort of like the anime Stardew Valley that you've, if you didn't know is already out there, it's there for you. Um, it's, it's such a good game. It has such a longevity to it, in my opinion, even though I never finished it. Um, and I'm so excited that Maybe too much longevity in that case. <laughs> you know, it is kind of a it's a long game because I remember putting a lot of hours into it, and and I and I don't even know how far I got. But I I mean, the last time I played it was like f- three or four years ago. So um, I'm really excited that this franchise isn't dead um, because I think you know with Harvest Moon's decline, there is sort of an opening here um, for these types of games. Um, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm really excited that it's coming back. I'm excited to know what the heck a Rune Factory Five is. Um, if you know, there's continuation. I don't know if there's if the storylines have had continuation between the games. Um, I just don't know off the top of my head because I haven't played them. But I'm really excited for it. So shout outs to Rune Factory Four. Who makes the Rune Factory game? Um, it is the same people who make A Tree and Odyssey, I believe. Oh, yeah, that that adds up. Um, that, yeah, that makes some sense. Neverland, G-Style are the two companies that make it. Is it the same? No, they should just make that one name. Yeah, that should yeah. be one name. Neverland, Neverland G-Style. G-Style should be the name of your company. <laughs> Neverland, please. Um, G-Style. Mm-hmm. Straight out of here. I'm just getting an Cut urban out. dictionary <laughs> definition for G-Style, which That's fine. is we, having a fresh style or we're being... Good. Straight, chill, cool, uh-huh. G style. No, if, you, if you want to know the the real definition, you got to scroll down to like the fourth. Part. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I don't know if they did this, but whatever. Uh, it's I think it's it has the Etrian. Yeah, people. I think That's it's fine. the Etrian people, I but I don't know. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm also really excited for. Uh, uh, I played the Yoshi's Crafted World demo. Nice. Which I forgot that that they put out a demo. Yeah, to download that. it was that it was cute. It was fun. Um, I'm not like a huge like platformer type person that like usually enjoys these games, but I played it because I was really bored. 
Um, and it, I like the art style. I like like the charm. I like the fact that it everything looks built and that you're like interacting with things that are like structures that are you know like precarious and stuff like that. Um, I'm really want to see Yoshi in all of his little box costumes because I think it's really cute. <laughs> um, and and the playstyle was was, I mean, I think it's like what one would expect from one of these games. Um, yeah, they uh, is a longtime uh, Yoshi's Island fan. Like Nintendo has a weirdly not known what to do with the Yoshi line of platformers. Yeah. They've mostly fucked them up. Um, past uh, Yoshi's Island, uh, and they just really don't know what to do with the character. And like they've like tried to make it like, oh, this is like an easier platformer, like mm-hmm. that's you know targeted to a, a wider audience. That's not as focused as much on dying as much as it's more a much more a bigger focus on aesthetic mm-hmm. than like dedicated platforming and letting other Nintendo games sort of take care of that uh, that part so um yeah and they've often outsourced it which is like not to say like other companies can't do it right but they've usually it's always seemed like we know people want more Yoshi but we don't actually want to put in the work to like prioritize it as a franchise mm-hmm. so I'm curious. I'm glad they put out a demo because I'm curious, but I felt so burned by previous Yoshi games at this point that I find it. I didn't particularly like the last one. Yeah. Um, I find it like tough to get interested because Nintendo just they put out these cute trailers and then you play it and it's just like, eh, yeah. Okay, it was only fine. one level. Um, you play the the first level, and then I guess the the concept is you play it and then you play it backwards. You play it from like the backside. And then, uh, which has like a time, I think all of the backsides have like a timed aspect to it um, for not like you die, but you get an achievement if you complete it in like a certain time or less. Um, Mm. And then there's uh, like a little robot character who has like their own um, sort of request for each level. Like the first one that I played, he was like, after I finished... The front side, the back side, then I prompted a conversation with the robot and the robot was like, go look for five cows for me. And then I went and smacked five cows with an egg. And <laughs> and, well, okay. and that was it. And then that was the end of the demo. So it was um it was really short. Um, but it was like a a chill game. I I'm curious to see how like innovative it is like i wonder how like dynamic it will be like when i think of uh captain toad and the way that that Mm -hmm. formula like lends itself to to really dynamic level design that feels like constantly interesting and develop and like new um with each passing level i wonder if this will be able to achieve the same thing um Past track records suggest no (laughs) because yes i wish they would do something exactly like you're suggesting which is just rethink like what are like Yoshi's characteristics like as a character and then build something around that as opposed to just what's a cute put him new, in a platformer. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a tongue, so he eats stuff. I mean, I, I just feel like there's there's a lot more they could do with it that I I think you are one hundred percent right. Captain Toad is like that's the spoke to go off yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And I really bummed out that they were like I saw Captain Co- Toad come out of the Nintendo Direct, like, yes, Captain Toad too. No, no. Just, more levels. There's a couple new levels for Captain Toad on Switch. Yeah, and co-op, and there's co-op, and co-op, co-op. and co-op, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Hopefully, that's just laying the groundwork for a sequel. Right. Um, but yeah, because I really liked uh, Captain Toad. 
I'm just really intrigued how Nintendo is going to square the Yoshi lore with the nature of the craft world, which has carried the greater part of the surviving elder race since the fall. Craft worlds contain webway gates linking each other as well as to millions of planets, That's... allowing the dispersed Eldar civilization some measure of cohesion. Because the webway is labyrinthian and impossible to map, many craft worlds are effectively lost, unknown, and cut off from the greater part of the Eldar civilization. I don't think the Mushroom Kingdom is like, in the... Uh, man, this 40k license universe. is going some strange <laughs> Like Nintendo's like, I don't know what the fuck to do with Yoshi, and Games Workshop's like, what about I got you, fam. World? Eggs for the egg throne. <laughs> yeah. Let's go beat the shit out of some cows. <laughs> I feel like that's... Uh, well, no, actually, I mean, we've got a couple big ones. There's some yeah, big I feel ones. Like we, maybe some of these we can punt to like yeah. Austin, if Austin's back on Monday, because I'm sure he's probably at that point when they played were the out. demo of the. No. The next they were out, why we're recording this week. today. The next Waypoint yeah. Radio. Okay, yeah. We yeah. need. Uh, there's, yeah, we could probably talk for another hour. Like, we didn't touch Fire Emblem. We didn't touch on the badass looking Palette. Astral Chain, yeah, which looks. Games. Hell yeah, it looks good. Damon X Machina. Damon X Machina. I played that demo. was real good. We should wait for Box Girl. Box Boy. And Cutie. One of them's name is Cutie, and it's a really <laughs> tall box, and it's really cute. No, that is box cute. Boy is a fantastic series on 3DS, so I'm excited that it's coming to Switch. Yeah. Um, hopefully, they'll just port those other games uh, too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess like the only the last thing would be like the, the stuff they didn't talk about, right? Like, so a lot of exciting things, but where the fuck uh, is no Animal, Animal Crossing, Crossing? No Luigi's Mansion Three, uh, no Pokemon, and like those are all announced as games that we're supposed to expect mm-hmm. in 2019. So, I wonder if uh, that's you know, indicative of their E3. Mm-hmm. Probably, yes. That sounds yeah. My guess like, is like those are big, big games for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to not mention them. Like I, they're, the fact that they... Look how hype we got without yeah. it. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They know how to... They 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 are have so expertly tuned how to push people's buttons. I was surprised um, there was not a new Smash point. character announced. Yeah, well, it's probably until because Joker is such a big deal. Yeah, they'll probably um, they'll probably milk Joker for as long as they can, and then Joker's out in April. Yeah, and then that's right. But they'll probably start teasing stuff right before yeah. E three around yeah. that time. So. What would make me feel better is if I knew when the next Nintendo Direct would be. Start the countdown clocks. I like, I, let's, yeah, see, like seriously. see you in two and a half months. Yeah. Just load up that YouTube chat and just like, let's hang out. <laughs> just hanging with my friends, waiting for anything. <laughs> We've got so many good games we did. coming down the pipe, though. Like We did. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of hanging with your friends, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. How are you enjoying traveling the irradiated? Well, I guess it's not irradiated anymore. Uh, yeah, the wastelands no, they were lying to us all along. Of, yeah. Wow. Uh, the, the wastelands of uh, Russia in Metro Exodus. Rob, is this game bad? I thought it was. It opens like a bad game. Like, like the, the first, I my, <laughs> my exchanges with you, as I booted this up earlier this week, and playing the first, like, I, let's say t- two two and a half hours we're just like rob oh no is metro exodus fucking terrible because all indications in the first especially 90 minutes are that boy they really shit the bed on this one oh, no. it's it is yikes one of the worst openings uh I, like and you have to understand patrick and i are both like we came pre-sold to this oh, like shit. like i know this is gonna be janky and right. weird and broken and so like i've got the bar i took it 
I broke it in half and I threw it really far down in the cellar. Like it's down there, and like it doesn't matter. And they and somehow it still clocked it. itself trying to like. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I would say Metro Exodus opens in the like the most old fashioned uh, shooter imaginable. Like like more conservative and less imaginative than anything we've ever seen in the stalker lineage. And I think that is what is so shocking about Metro Exodus's opening is it looks like a Metro game, but mm-hmm. it's all the worst aspects dialed up. Uh, and all the cool shit is completely missing uh, because it's a that, lot of people talking and it's a lot of constrained corridors mm-hmm. and a lot of shooting and quick time <laughs> events. Just right. And a lot of just are y'all playing it in it, Russian again? Uh, I'm I like people are saying change it to Russian. I was in the options menu. I didn't see a Russian language. Yeah. I saw someone saying PC gamer put out a thing, huh. but I'm now I'm wondering yeah. if that's only on PC because that is the it is blow it is like I'm kind of ruining PC. the experience for me. No, I'm playing it on PS4. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I I'll, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna look into. Maybe I just missed the Russian language. Let's see. Option. All right, let's let's do it. Hold on. Let's see what PC gamer said. I've got this. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> the English video is like a bad anime dub. Not wrong. It's extreme. The voice acting in this game in English is terrible. Uh, let's see. Damn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. It? It's possible. Okay. It is, and it doesn't require a hack. I'll. A we hack? can save ourselves. But no, it doesn't require a hack. Oh. It just, oh. It's not obvious on how okay. to do it. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, like yeah. it takes uh, like the big. You know, if people don't know, like the you know Metro games, the last uh, Metro 2033 and Last Light primarily took place underground in dark caverns, um, and then occasionally you came to the uh, irradiated surface, but that was usually you just like sprinting from A to B before you went back underground again. And like the part of the big, and it was a very dark game, like just the palette, like it's you're constantly like uh, claustrophobic in the dark, scrounging for bullets. Like the even though it wasn't a survival game, it took enough of that stuff and added it to the flavor of a first-person shooter that it, it just made its own unique little mix that worked really well without a lot of the stress of a survival game and all the other stuff that kind of goes along with that. And then in Exodus, they dump it into a kind of an open world. Not open world, you know, we've had that conversation, what that means. This mostly just means like a series of big maps mm-hmm. um, and brighten up the color palette. You're out in the, uh, in the light of day, you know, mild spoiler like it turns out like if you just go a little further it's you can breathe the air and start walking around and you have this train that's taking you from place to place um at least for me uh i just have gotten to where the game has opened up where i a character said look here look here look here and marked like four things across an enormous map Mm. and now i like four and a half hours in feel like oh right now the game is about to begin and i'm hoping i'm gonna get a little more of what I was actually looking to get out of this game. Yeah. I, and that's the thing is like the real game begins pretty far into this and it makes such an underwhelming first impression. Uh, so right now I'm kind of relieved. I'm still, I'm still playing it. Uh, Cause the other weird thing is it, it feels like it has a really narrow field of view. Um, mm-hmm. And the minute like I got the flu, Suddenly the game became like hard to play. Like it just like the, like it is a game that just seemed to sort of swim in front of my eyes. And I still actually do have a problem with like 
my character keeps bumping into shit. Like, <laughs> the field of view is so narrow, but there's points where you have to, like, thread, like, booby traps and noisemakers. And your character's just so wide. You're like, <laughs> I have surely stepped aside from that thing. And then you, you hear, like, boy. kerthunk. And you're like, oh, my hips have done it again. <laughs> And then there's then there's a guy being like, get the heretic. And then you got to kill like 50 people. Oh, my uh, God. And then you've got a bunch of people in a church who are like begging with you to spare their lives. Uh, and you're like, I was just trying to find the exit. I'm Shakira sorry. is shaking right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm still I'm like. Once you get past, like basically once the game leaves the really shallow version of its old environs uh, in, in the Metro and gets out into the, in the open, it starts to feel a lot better uh, at the I same time. I was in a boat. Time, like that part is like, I got in a boat and I'm boat. paddling along so and I've got a big map with a compass. And I was like, yeah, like this is what I'm here for. And the world feels big and everything feels grimy and broken. Uh, still like I love the fact that even your binoculars suck like you're trying to like survey the <laughs> landscape and they're just like cracked and grime everywhere you can barely this see is a game that commits a button to wiping your face like that's yeah like that huh. take that fact alone and then it, you can extrapolate why like the kind of person and why they like this game is like man you only got so many buttons but like one of those buttons is gonna wipe your face so you can get that grime off <laughs> yeah uh, so, I, like, I definitely need to activate the Russian language uh, audio because so you, <laughs> you go to the you go to the front end menu. It's before you load into the game. So if you're mid game, you cannot change the language options. But when like, you know, when uh, Anya is like, yeah, you know, at the train, uh, yeah. uh, sort of like the main menu, like that's yeah. where apparently you can change the change but it to what's probably bad Russian voice acting. But boy, if I, I don't, don't know, know what you're saying, I can't tell if it's bad. <laughs> Uh, it Pat, sounds does authentic. Your, does your dog need to go out? Oh, she she moved because I I bounced. I, okay, just I leaned back. Just wanted to make sure we can have like a disaster back there. Like <laughs> no, see a dog standing by a sliding door. I'm like, uh, do we no, need she's to... standing. She's standing in front of the heater. She knows. She knows the good yeah, place she knows to be. Oh, uh, yeah. So the other the other part of this is um, it's not just the English voice acting is bad. Also, there's a lot of writing in this game. That just is not very interesting. Like. Mm -hmm. And it's Does it not feel like filler? Yeah, it's like... Like just to have something to say? Like just for there to be dialogue in this well, like, like empty-ish space? Be here? Like the way that old Metro games worked was not a lot of dialogue when you're out exploring. And then you'd come back to your hub in the underground Metro. You'd put your gun away. And then there'd just be a lot of like atmospheric dialogue where like you just kind of walk around. There'd be these little set pieces, like some kids playing or whatever, like, you're just kind of, like, taking in the world around you, and, like, there's a much broader set of characters in this one where you're constantly around them, and so, like, what your hobby here is, like, you're getting on the train, and you can kind of walk around that train, and they'll talk, um, but, like, one of the weird ticks of the game is, like, the way most games work that have, like, <clears throat> optional ambient conversation is, like, a conversation occurs, and then the character's, like, <clears throat> turn away, and you know as the player, cool, like, we're done, I can... I can move and go see the next one. <laughs> and Exit is like, they just start up another conversation immediately. Like, maybe it eventually stops. But, like, I found myself looking at my watch. It was like, it's been five minutes. Like, these dudes have just been yammering. Like, oh, is the game saying, like, it's if it's trying to do something else, which is that there are just constantly things happening around you. And you're just going to kind of dip in and out. But that's 
the antithesis of how people play video games, or at least I, how I play these games, where it's like, no, I'm going to sit here till you've told me I have consumed the content. Right. I'm going to move on to the next thing. Mm. Right. But but also the things they're revealing about the characters or like the nature of the world isn't interesting. Like in the past, when you eavesdropped on something in a Metro game, it usually told you told you something about like life in the Metro, like mm-hmm. the the backstory, like what life was like for these people. Here, it is just the most boring shit. That's that's you will have a conversation that goes for four minutes. That is basically two characters like passing back and forth. Boy, it sure is tough here in the metro, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen if the things keep being bad in the metro. Do you think things are going to get worse in the metro? You know, the metro things can always get worse. And like, just this five is just minutes me that, like, having a conversation with someone else waiting for the L train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That and like that has not stopped. Mm. Uh, so that's the other part of this is like I'm not sure the writing is as as uh, evocative as it's been in the past, but and it just uh, goes on and on, right? There's just yeah. too much of it. Like it is not. Um, I mean, it's not like I would necessarily argue like the Metro games have been always like succinct, lean beasts that like are only showing their best parts. Like that that's not true. But this one feels particularly indulgent in a way yeah. that is. It's at odds with part of what I like about the series, which is the ambient stuff filling in for what you don't get. The game's not; these games have never been about necessarily what's in front of you. It's usually what's on the periphery and how much do you want to discover it. And this game is just putting so much more right in front of you that like I, I can't figure out what I should be focusing on. And I feel like what's going to end up happening is that I'm going to just eject on a lot of that stuff and just focus on, you know, moving about the environment and finding the envi- environmental storytelling that you come across. Because it seems like it still has. A lot of good stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm really mixed, but I, I, refuse, I refuse to give up on it. Yeah. I, I will beat this game I've been waiting for this it one. is a new Metro so, game. <laughs> damn it, I'm going to get something out of it. Uh, Patrick, do we want to talk about Crackdown 3 or do we want to put that to next week? Uh, very briefly, I think it's fine. It's fun. I wouldn't pay for it, but if you have Game Pass, <laughs> I think it... Like what, I, what I'm saying, like, don't pay full price for it. Like, and mm-hmm. this is an option where it's not like go buy it used or whatever. It's if you, you know, have not signed up for a Game Pass trial, like, I, I think I finished half of it. It's not a very long game, it's less than eight hours. It's not like a great evolution of Crackdown. It's not even a particularly good sequel to Crackdown, but it has enough of it. To, like, as a, uh, like, I can't listen to a podcast while playing Metro. And I like playing video games and listening to podcasts instead of just. It's too cold for me to walk. And so I like having games that are specifically about just like kind of mindlessly doing something that is mechanically interesting enough while I am listening to something. And it is 100% perfect you for that. You should get into so. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's, maybe now. that will, yeah, I was going to say, maybe that's Anthem, Anthem. honestly. Yeah, actually. Play well, Anthem. but that is the thing. Those games often require uh, at some level interaction with other players. Like to go beyond, like yes, sure. there is the there is a certain amount you can do on your own, but at a certain at a certain point, then you need to start interacting with other people. And I like the Crackdown is just sort of mindless, and as the, the the platforming puzzles are are just good enough, and it is fun to watch your dude soar in the air. It's fine, like it's fine. <laughs> it's not good, but it's fine. And if you have it on Game Pass, like there are worse ways to like spend an afternoon than with Crackdown Three. Does this have spoken um... like a bear fan? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I've already settled into uh, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go eight and eight next year. It's the decline has already begun. The, we've yeah. already seen our best days. I th- three weeks out, a month from the season, I'm I'm already back. I could feel the the cold. 
Agrippa Bearstein coming in. Kato, you were sorry, you were gonna ask a question. Uh does it have a PC version? Yes. Okay. Uh I'm playing it on PC. Cool. Um because I still I only have an Xbox, and I, at this point it feels like I should just wait for yeah. Xbox two instead of investing in an Xbox same, One X, especially because I don't have a four K uh <laughs> Is it monitor. gonna be Xbox um, two? Well, I don't know what they're gonna call it. No, it'll probably be something related to X would be my Related my to what? I, I don't know. Some variant on the X thing, like Xbox One X. I, I, I don't. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. It is. They've kind of backed themselves into a corner. Two <laughs> squared. Xbox Extreme. Sure. Why not? Three X's. Um. Yeah. It has a PC version. I get. I've read that the PC version is has some technical uh, problems. Like specifically, uh, I saw some chatter about like how it handles. Um, like mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. where it feels like it's emulating a joystick as opposed to being sort of like, uh, sort of like natively designed for right. a mouse and keyboard. It's uh, the frame rate is capped in some weird ways. I'm sure somebody will hack that. Although it's harder because it's not a Steam game; it's a Windows Store game, right. so people can't do the same sort of like go fuck with an any file and you know distribute it to people. So uh, it seems fine, um, but it's not a particularly like technically demanding right. mm-hmm. like game it's this yeah. is it's fine crackdown 3 it's fine it's one of those few games that will come to pc through game pass basically yeah 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 so uh quick dip in the bucket before we leave here because uh natalie mentioned earlier it felt like we were all doing our sort of uh mm-hmm. character select menu bark at the start of the show so yeah. to end of the show uh we have a question from zaruba hey waypoint What's your idol animation? Ooh. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Damn, I feel called out. Mm. <laughs> Is Shit. Rob going to do his? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Rob just left. That's his idol animation. Honestly. <laughs> Empty share. Take off the headphones. Gone. Th- leave. <laughs> Um, hmm. Rob's is pouring a pouring some some mixture into a, a drink. There you go. Or perhaps like, mm. I feel like Rob's idol animation is just that GIF of him from our eight hour stream of yep. him drinking taking coffee, a taking a sip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he can speak for himself though when he comes back. I think mine is. Hmm. Do you have yours? Uh. Probably some uh, combination of well, I mean, most here's the thing that's hard is most an, idle animations are standing, right? Because the idea is you're moving around. Yeah, I guess it yeah. would be because <laughs> uh, what it is is like me sitting in a chair with like an arm on one of the things and my hand, my head in my hand, like this, like staring at a screen and like this leg my left leg and my legs are crossed you can't see sorry this is i should i should talk into the mic uh, <laughs> um kind of like the way i sit but i'm also always tapping my leg like this so that's my mm. should i've got like a restless leg thing but i'm also like mm, looking <laughs> pensive i like it yeah patrick what's yours yeah right? mine i have a constant lack of sleep i'm always tired so I think I'm just just nodding off, like just bar- like just barely keeping it together. Just like no, I'm no, I'm cool. Pick me, <laughs> pick me, pick me. Then I got it. No, we're good. Just yeah, I I would take you to victory. I'm just I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs> I think that's me. I think mine is just blowing some giant 
clouds. <laughs> what? Just ripping that cotton. Just, just, just. It's not vaping? That, that is, that's what we're that's, Oh, sorry. Wait. I thought you were like, I thought it was like some sort of actual cloud there. I was like, I was like what is she talking about? That's vaping, Patrick. The cotton thing confused me. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> have you ever... Okay, I'm not going to explain. What it, I was like, no. has Natalie gotten really into candy floss? <laughs> <laughs> like, just, oh man, you know me. <laughs> just eating just <laughs> cotton candy, my fave. <laughs> I had econ candy at Disney World because a kid in front of us was playing with my, uh, interacting with my daughter, and she was like, Do you, does your daughter want some cotton candy? And I was like, sure, she can try it. And she made me have some. You had to eat another man. kid's cotton candy slime? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen what kids do with their mouths? Cotton candy from a bag is maybe one of the cleaner things that they're doing with it. <laughs> My daughter at Disney World, she likes, to, she likes to pretend she's a dog okay. recently, so she'll just like crawl on the ground and go, woof, 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 woof. Um, well, in addition to that, she's like, well, dogs eat food off the floor. No. So at Disney World, I wasn't looking. She threw a bunch of popcorn on the ground. It was just licking it off the ground like a dog. So. Oh, my God. That sounds very like cute, me. but not you know gross. So I'm just saying, like, there's worse. Yeah, you're right. Like, why would you eat a stranger's cotton candy? But you know what? Cleaner probably <laughs> than most things that I'm dealing with. <laughs> um, Rob, have you thought of an idol animation? So your daughter's idol animation is being a dog. Is- yeah, yeah, just licking the con- like concrete off of a amusement park. Great. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think, no, being dishonest to say at this point, I would still be a smoker in my idol animation. Those days are behind me. That's just not, that's just yeah. not my life anymore. Hell yeah. We, we were thinking it was the, no, don't know, tell him. like the, the coffee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't want it to taint his mind. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But now, now you're not going to know that I was already going to say like, maybe my idol animation is like, okay. Y'all know what narrow press is? No. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. That? The, uh, for coffee. Yeah. 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 Oh, an yeah. Aero press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aeropress, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my <laughs> idol animation. <laughs> yeah. No, an Aero press. Yeah. Oh, I, I got it. I'm just imagining <laughs> yeah. a French press. Is that the same shit? <laughs> no. Oh. No. Uh, okay. So I use Let me both look methods. this up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suppose if I'm there in the character select screen, just hanging out. Yeah. I get a little bored. I start brewing a little coffee in an AeroPress using yeah. the inverted brew method. Yeah. And Always then finish inverted. the animation off. I just tip it over, put it over my mug, press the espresso out into the mug, and then help myself to a delicious sip. Hell yeah. And I look pleased. Mm. Yeah. That's pretty close That's to basically our what we Natalie's said. suggestion, honestly. I I was gonna say your idol animation is just that gif from when Danica sang to you. In the eight-hour mm. stream, and you took a nice, nice sip of steaming coffee. That was oh my god! I'm watching an AeroPress right now. Yeah, it's wow, great. not a French press, y'all. No, not a French press. <laughs> That's their slogan. <laughs> wow, incredible, amazing technology is amazing to me. <laughs> Love it. Um, I would say Danielle's is like. Doing a a jujitsu move of some sort, mm-hmm. like yeah, she's the one you would actually want to pick, right? It's like, oh yeah, she actual, like, she's got actual fighting. moves. <laughs> Austin is 
like say <laughs> saying some shit. Like a deep sigh. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a deep sigh. <sighs> Wait, <laughs> or you don't think Austin is going to produce two Mecca figurines like out of nowhere <laughs> and start like playing with them in a way that like you that's know they're really talking? Cute. Yeah, that's really okay. Cute. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. I'm here we'll, for that one. <laughs> we'll choose to go with the cheerier one. I like it. Joel is. Hmm. Oh. Joel just starts dismantling audio equipment. <laughs> Joel is like pressing buttons in a, and there's a huge sign in front of it that says don't touch anything. And Joel is just like going at just it. Just going at it. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a waypoint, y'all. Pick your fighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should see. I guess we can close the book on like, who am I going to vote for? Um, I think the pot, the, yeah, the, well, it Who still has won? a couple of, uh, an hour or two. Or I mean, people can keep voting, yeah. but I mean, you know, I'm going to have to. Is there a clear winner? It's Friday. I might as well see where we're at. It was at. 50 um, 50 earlier. 52 48. Uh, Orlando Apollos with 560 votes. So I'll keep yeah. an eye on it up until the. One hour left. Uh, now that people yeah. have actually listened to the podcast, I think that the numbers have changed. Because at first, I think it was overwhelmingly Stallions. It was. It, I made a mistake and posted it too early. <laughs> and everyone was just like, horses, duh. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Then slowly over time, they've come over to our argument yes, about the, the dabbing apologies. Great. Love it. All right. Well, now that we've gotten to the bottom of the really important issues... Uh, that will do it for this edition of Waypoint Radio. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint. Uh, I hate the way this is laid out. <laughs> I just hate it. At Waypoint. You can't just type at Waypoint into a fucking browser and expect that to go anywhere. Just take you can me follow us. Yeah. No, I mean, we're at Waypoint on Twitter. But if you want to, like, navigate there on your browser, you go to Twitter.com slash Waypoint. Wait, uh, Waypoint Vice. Everyone needs to before we sign off. Everyone needs to give me their thoughts on lick a tongue, please. Rob, Rob, you started it because you put it in first, and then I had to look it up more. Yeah. Um, what is it? What do you think? Oh God! I oh my God! That's just the <laughs> that's just the thing from Resident Evil Two. That's just a uh, that's just a liquor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's baby a liquor. Of, that's tongue. a lot of tongue. Just blow that up and on your a, monitor. Okay. That's an incredibly screen. realistic tongue. But, 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 yeah. but, look at the original. Let me go to the gamer zone. Yeah, no, it's got a big tongue. Look at, look at animated. The issue is not the size of the tongue. Click through, click through. The issue is that this tongue is now, has bumps, texture. Yeah. A sheen to it. Striations. Yeah. That's um, not. There's a sheen to okay, it. Okay, okay, yeah, I see. There's a little bit of sheen on that, but still, it so looks wait, plastic. And I thick. would say the cartoon version is. I mean, guys. Uh... <laughs> I I like my licky boy. Look, it sounds great. This is this okay. is nightmare fuel. It's not for me. <laughs> I like it. I want him to be my friend. That's my opinion. You can follow me uh, <laughs> yeah. at Rob Zachary. All right. Let's keep it going, uh, Rob. Patrick, where can people keep they up with find you? find me at Patrick Kluppick, at Patrick Orlando Apollo Kluppick. <laughs> Natalie. Um, at Natalie Watson on Twitter. Ting. Cotto. <laughs> at A underscore Cotto underscore appears. Yeah. All right. I think uh, like Rob should have to say it every time. <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> that, yeah, none okay. of us well, can. Yeah, reveal, you revealed God my intentions. 
It's at Cotto underscore <laughs> appears. It is not. Sure. <laughs> Go with that. Dot vice dot com. <laughs> Uh, our thanks to Bowen for his track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Uh, you can find out more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. Uh, that will do it for this week's episode. We'll be back on Monday, even though it's a holiday, with another Lore Reasons. Uh, and then we'll be back next week with Waypoints. And if you haven't given it a listen yet, you should check out our newish, newish podcast, uh, Be Good and Rewatch It, which I think next week is going to be Sunshine, Patrick? Yeah, Danny Boyle's uh, Sunshine, sort of uh, pairing that with uh, Event Horizon. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that an interesting interesting movie to revisit. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to chat with Danielle about it. All right. Uh, until then, uh, this is Rob Zachney signing off. Somebody else, take it away. Peace. Beautiful. A message for our times. <laughs> World peace. Just let the, let the healing begin. Please. World, please, world peace, please, please. please. So, suffer the little children come. <laughs>
Hmm. Hey, woke gamer, rise and grind. Rise and grind, woke <laughs> gamers. Woke gamers, rise up. Let's get this. What's bread but gaming? Gaming bread. Let's get this. V bucks. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. Let's <laughs> rise and grind. Let's get these V bucks. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> Did you see Kaepernick got paid? What? What? Hmm. The settled his lawsuit. Oh, okay. How much? Or is it sealed? Undisclosed until some sort of reporting uh, brings it out. But uh, we were gonna lose. <laughs> well, I mean, he had, he had, like signaled earlier that he was willing to pull it for. I think he used the word substantial amount of money. So <laughs> it's between gotta be that millions. Caps, caps doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Man, I also I, see like what he they tried to get him to play in the uh, that alternative. No, league. what really and shameful. He, um, and he well, he clapped back and said twenty million or I don't show up. And they just said no, we don't have that money, which is probably true. I actually don't think they have twenty million to give him. You're probably like, hey, we know you love football. Want to play with us? <laughs> Although, man, he would be well, like, like the ultimate. Get, him, get him on the Orlando Apollo. He would and just shred. I also want to say to the people, well, I don't know. This is not, I don't think we're back yet, but to the we're people who think that I didn't know who Apollo was. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, I knew that it was yeah. fucking Apollo. Yeah. Oh, whatever. So it just looks like he's dabbing. It looks like he's dabbing with an it arrow in like his other dabbing. hand. I'm, and, I, and I say, Apollo would dab. Yeah. That is an Apollo move. <laughs> uh, Kato, I think you're off. Like, Dionysus wouldn't dab. Dionysus is still bro-icing people. And, like, <laughs> hate it, take it, hate it. it. True, true, though. Dionysus is, yeah. like, playing beer pong in the back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, while, exactly. while Apollo's, like, on the, on the table, <laughs> on the ping pong table, dabbing. Yeah, dabbing, yeah, there you go. For every shot. Well, anyway, so you know, 